0: First heartache when our line of sin began, and the eyes of men were open to the evil there at hand. The Creator heard the footsteps, but he did not see the man, and got called out for an answer. Adam, where are you? But turn away. To be hid from holy eyes Was to fashion out a garment That would hide him in disguise But the Father had compassion And with a fast, forgiving hand Took the life of one yet blameless And made a covering for the man Offer up the sacrifice i
1: Let's take our Bibles tonight, turn over to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 78, Psalms chapter 78, I'm going to read uh, between verses 12 and 19 tonight. Let's begin reading in chapter 78, verse 12. The Bible says, Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, "'Can God furnish a table in the wilderness?' Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? The psalmist, in this particular passage, is rehearsing the history of his people, Israel. And he's sharing some things that have transpired and taken place, and the question that was asked back then and been now repeated here, and the question, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I suppose what he's really saying is, can God feed the children of Israel? Can God sustain the children of Israel? Can God provide for the children of Israel? Again, the situation would seem rather grim in their eyes. Here they were, millions of Israelites... Wandering about now, after escaping Egypt, after fleeing from Egypt, after ultimately making a break for it, so to speak, God had done a miracle and God had supernaturally delivered them, but now they find themselves in the midst of the wilderness. Here they are with their children. I mean, can you only imagine i mean we we prepare for a child, and we take weeks and months to prepare for the child to come and, and we also begin to think about things like finances and the housing and whether or not it'll be sufficient for the child and whether or not we need more room and a bigger car and a bigger house and just uh, more supplies and other uh, different clothing and so forth and so on. And these here, millions and millions of them in the wilderness, they have children, probably a number of children, many of them, as the culture was. There wasn't just probably one or two, may, there may be five, six, seven, eight, or nine, maybe more than that children that to these families. And here they were, young and old alike, dad and mom, trying to take care of their children, take care of their families, meet the needs of their spouses. And they're in the midst of a wilderness. There were no jobs out there. There was no means by which they could support. There was no way that they could simply go out around the corner and make a few dollars or go get into some kind of soup line and bring back some food for the family. No, they were in the wilderness. There was nothing there. No means of supply for them, humanly speaking. And they asked a question, probably one that you and I would have certainly asked ourselves. And God, you have delivered us out of Egypt, you've taken us out of that bondage and enslavement, and yet we almost feel as though it would be better back there because at least we could see what we were going to eat. At least we could see what needed to be done. At least we could see and feel and touch and taste that which was real. Here, we're in the midst of the wilderness and we have nothing here for our families. What are we going to do? You delivered us, but are you, you? know, how in the world are you going to provide for us out here? I mean they're looking with human eyes, just like we probably would have. And they asked this simple question. It wouldn't really seem to be that big a deal, really, to ask the question. But they did ask the question, nonetheless. And it said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God really provide for us? Can God truly take care of us? Is God able to overcome this wilderness situation we find ourselves in? Well, I want to ask that question tonight. And I want to ask a couple of others about that. I want to bring in the spiritual jury, so to speak, of the Word of God. And I want to ask that question. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And so tonight, let's ask that question and see what the answer is. Because I already know what the answer is. I'm sure you do. But do you live like it? You say, "Ah, I got that one figured out. Oh, okay. Okay. But do you live like it? Let's face it, we can all use a little help in this area. So let's see if we can't be encouraged and exhorted tonight from the Word of God. Let's ask a few others this evening. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, for your leadership tonight. Lord, there's not one of us that can't grow, not one of us that can't glean from this passage. Lord, help us, Father, to be very careful to allow you to speak to us tonight. Do what I cannot. Lord, I have no ability nor uh, opportunity, Father, in myself to accomplish anything on your behalf. God, I'm simply the branches. You're the vine. Lord, we need you to meet our need. We need you to speak to our hearts and you to do a supernatural work. Lord, we'll have wasted our time if we gather here tonight with mere men and we meet with you, our Master. Bless us tonight, we pray. May we be even more convinced that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we ask or think. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. So the question is leveled. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I think it'd be interesting to ask Noah that question. Noah, do you believe that God can furnish a table in the wilderness? And I can only imagine that Noah might say something like, well, you know, I was just a young man. uh, Excuse me, I was just, uh, um, I don't know anything about the wilderness. But I I, I do know that my family and I found ourselves in the midst of a world disaster. I mean, here we found ourselves on a, a boat, if you will, an ark, floating around for a year. Bound and unable to get outside that ark, really unable to plant really crops outside and to use the land, God had flooded the entire world, covered the highest mountain, and yet God he 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 met our needs. we never missed a meal in a year, a whole year, and none of my family missed a meal, not only that, but we had two of every kind of animal on that particular ark, and not one of them perished in that. Whole year that we were on that boat. I mean, sure, the rain came. It seemed that all would perish. But God provided. God protected. God gave us peace in the midst of that ark. And met our needs in the midst of that ark. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I I don't know about a wilderness, but He surely provided a table in the ark. Joseph, what do you think? Joseph says, well, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? That's, that's a good question. You know, I was just a young man when my brothers sold me into slavery. There they threw me into a pit and it seemed that all was lost. And yet there came some traders along and the Midianites took me on into uh, Egypt and there I was sold into Potter's, uh, to, to Potiphar's house. And Boy, you know, uh, I resented the fact that my brothers had done that. It bothered me that they had turned their back on me, they betrayed me. That, that was very difficult as a young man. But there in Potiphar's house, God blessed me and God encouraged me. But then all of a sudden, there was a number of ups and downs in my life. I was falsely accused of doing some things I did not do. I ended up in prison where I was forgotten. A number of ups and downs along the way. But through it all, God was good. Amen. I can't tell you how many times God supernaturally intervened and met my need and provided for me. Now as I look back on everything... I can honestly say my brothers meant for evil God meant for good. Yeah. Yeah, you know I I believe God can furnish a table in the wilderness. He sure did provide a table in prison and in Egypt for me. One could turn maybe to the great Saint David and say, David, do you think God can furnish a table in the wilderness (laughs) and He says, well, if you're asking me, can God do the impossible? Well, yeah, I got to believe so. (laughs) Because I remember being in the valley, looking up at that giant. I remember seeing how large he was and how impossible it seemed of a task. And yet I knew, without a doubt, that my God was able to deliver me. I knew that he would take care of that giant. And boy, he stood there with me and before me and even behind me. And when I wound up and I let go of that stone. God literally guided that thing right there and smacked him square in the forehead. He didn't fall backwards like you would think. He fell right on his face. It was There was no doubt. It was all God. He did that for me. He met my need. He provided for me. Man, I don't know about a table in the wilderness for sure. I mean, in that sense, I mean, thousands of Israelites. But what I do know is that God met that need in the Valley of Elah that day. God provided for me and God certainly, God certainly furnished a table for me. Oh, I was on the run for a number of years too, by the way. Man, Saul the king wanted me dead. Well, he sent out his cracked troops and he himself even made his way onto the field and, and sought to find me and sought to destroy me. But let me tell you, God met the need along the way. I must tell you, oh, the, the wilderness, Israelites? Man, that's a great question. But what I can tell you is God furnished a table in my life. Amen. You think about Daniel. We could turn to Daniel and say, Daniel, do you believe God can furnish a table in the wilderness? Table in the wilderness, huh? <laughs> that sounds like an interesting concept. However, I'll sure enough tell you this I know he can close lions' mouths. Boy, I mean, when I was found praying three times a day, as I always did, and they, they, they brought me before uh, the king, and ultimately he had to pass, the verdict had already been passed. I had to get thrown into a lion's den. Let me tell you something. I, you know, everybody thought I was a goner, they thought it was over with. You know, they don't feed those lions. You do realize that they feed those lions people. And boy, when I got tossed down into that lion's den, everybody thought I was a goner. Everybody thought I was done for. But boy, God, he closed the mouths of that lion. Matter of fact, I, I slept all night on that one I named. Well, that doesn't really matter what I named him. But nonetheless, uh, uh, you know, do I believe that God can furnish a table in the wilderness? I'm sure God can furnish a table in the wilderness if He can shut the lion's mouths. We could turn now to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know how that turned out. Hey, what do you think, fellas? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, I've got to believe He could. I mean, we're facing the fire when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Christ shows up. I mean, that fire was so hot when they cast us into the fire, the men casting us into the fire were burned up. And yet there we were without even the smell of smoke on our, 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 our garments when we were, were taken out of that fire. I mean, there we were in the midst of that fiery furnace. And boy, I could still see the king's face as I was looking up there. I couldn't believe it. He was like, are you kidding me? We threw three men in there, but there aren't three anymore. There are four, and the one is the Son of Man, Son of God. Oh, my, there's a fourth one walking around in that fire. Uh, The wilderness? Hmm. Well, I'm sure God could furnish a table in the wilderness. I mean, He furnished a table for us in the bottom of a fiery furnace. We turn to Lazarus and we say, Lazarus, you lived in Jesus' day. You've seen him firsthand. You've experienced him firsthand. What do you think? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Lazarus looks up and says, Are you kidding? Do you even have to ask that question to me? Remember, I was dead? Do you remember? Well, yeah, I read about it, but we're asking your opinion. Opinion? I don't need an opinion. I've got a life story. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Duh! Are you crazy? He raised me from the dead. Of course He can furnish a table in the wilderness. We just polled the jury, didn't we? And it seems to me that the verdict's in. It seems to me that God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Millions of Israelites... In the midst of the wilderness. And they asked that simple question. And you know what, really, as I said before, I don't know that it would seem to be an unreasonable question to some degree. However, we have to remember what they had already experienced, what they had already seen, what they knew firsthand. The children of Israel questioned whether God can furnish that table in the wilderness or not. And so, you know how God responded? Because they had seen the mighty hand of God in Egypt, because they'd experienced it crossing the Red Sea, because God had provided for them manna in the wilderness and had given them even meat to eat in that sense down the road, they had seen God do miracles. How did God respond? Well, He left them out there in the wilderness for 40 years to prove to them that He could provide a table in the wilderness. That's how God responded. He allowed them or let them stay in the wilderness. You want to know? Do you really want to know whether I can, whether I can provide a table in the wilderness or not? Well, I'm going to allow you to stay out there for 40 years and find out for yourselves. You mean you actually have to ask me that question after everything you've been through? After everything that I've done on your behalf, you still have to ask the question? Guess what? I think what I'll do is allow you to remain in the wilderness for 40 years. Then, then you'll have no doubt that I can provide or furnish a table in the wilderness. And that's exactly what God did. Take your Bible, look over at Psalm 78 again. You're already there. Look at verse 23 through 25. Verse 23, the Bible says, Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. And that's something. That's what God did. That's what God did in the wilderness, mind you. In the wilderness. God stepped up and said, okay, I'm going to open the clouds above. I'm going to open the doors of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing that you can't contain. I'm going to give to you manna to eat, and I'm going to give you corn from heaven. Angel's food, he calls it. How many of you like angel's food cake? That's exactly what they had in the wilderness. Okay, maybe not. I'm sure it wasn't quite as sugary. But the Bible says angel's food. Do you think that it's coincidental that 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 cake's called angel's food cake? No, it's not. Do you know that everything that the world has, they've borrowed from the Lord? It's interesting, isn't it? Always borrow things. See, there's nothing new under the sun, really. But there we find them in the wilderness. In Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 21 the Bible says, Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old and their feet swelled not. In Deuteronomy 29 we find in verse 5 And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. Isn't that interesting? They had God's Protection. They had God's provision. They had God's direction in their life. They had all of those things in the wilderness. I think it's interesting to note again, your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoes is not waxing old upon thy feet. Can you imagine buying a pair of shoes that lasts 40 years? You imagine wearing a set of clothes that would last 40. Some have tried to say, well, that's not really what happened. That's just a usage of, of, you know, vocabulary usage. It's just a, a means by which to express that they at least had what they needed in the wilderness. I don't know. They mentioned He mentions it at least three or four times in the, in the scriptures. And I got to believe that God could do that if he chose to do it. So therefore, I kind of think he did. I just kind of think he did. I don't know why God would have said it that way if he didn't plan on, if he didn't mean it that way. And so the fact is today is that those pair of shoes would have lasted 40 years out in that wilderness. I don't know how that happens. I don't get how God does it. But what I do know is I can't figure out how he created everything anyway. And I can't figure out how he does what he does all along. I mean, how in the world do you deliver millions of people out of the hands of the Egyptians? You send a destroyer in the end and ultimately take the lives of the firstborn. I couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. But God can do that. And as a result, they walked out into that wilderness and they were free men and free women. But they had to depend on one thing and one thing only. That was God. And boy, when it came time to trust the Lord who had delivered them out of Egypt, the God that had crossed them over the Red Sea, the very God that provided the man in the wilderness, they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God really provide for us and protect us? Can God really lead and direct us in this place? Maybe you're in the wilderness this evening. Maybe you're in the wilderness. You may be tempted to ask the same question that Israel asked. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Look, if you will, in chapter 78, verse 19 now. Notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says, yea, they spake against god they said can god furnish a table in the wilderness listen before we ask that question we need to consider what we're really saying oh i I know in my flesh and i know in my life it it would be easy to say well i can understand that question makes no i mean it's obviously simple i mean here they are i mean can you imagine i mean I I take the nursery and I put all those little babies here in the midst of us and and we say okay for now for 40 years We we're not going to have jobs We're not going to have really in a sense opportunities to thrive We're going to be on the move wherever god sends us doing whatever god says to do and Yeah, those babies are going to have to be fed and clothed and cared for Along with everybody else in this room and millions of others Well, i tell you what from this right here from my eyes my human eyes I could easily ask that question, couldn't I? But remember what they had seen. Remember what they had experienced. Can you imagine with me for a moment all of us standing there before the Red Sea, the armies of Egypt behind, and God tells Moses to raise that rod. And when he raises that rod, the sea parts, and they walk through the midst of the sea, on dry ground. And you say, boy, if that ever happened to me, I would never worry about whether I was going to get fed or whether my bills would be paid or whether or not my God can meet the need as far as housing or clothing or anything else. I would trust God. I would... They didn't. They didn't. Matter of fact, the Bible says, the Bible said there in in, in our passage, chapter 78, it said, yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? He says, the fact is, he says, when you questioned me, when you questioned my ability, when you questioned my opportunity to provide for you, he's saying, you spoke against me. See, when we question God and His ability to provide for us, just like Israel, we effectively speak against God. And you know what we can expect? When we go to God like, So, God, can you really do it? Can God really do this? And you're not asking God. They asked each other. They didn't go to God and say, God, I need you. Can you meet my need? Oh, God, can you help us? We're out here in the midst of the wilderness. God will never make it without you. That's not what they did. They went to each other. Furnish a table in the wilderness. I wonder if God can furnish a table in the wilderness. I mean, He brought us out here to die. You really think God can feed all of us and care for all of us out here in the wilderness? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? You really think He can? And I can just imagine they're all going, well, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do that. This is just an impossibility. This is just beyond comprehension. I can't believe our God brought us out here to die. I can't believe he left us out here. Our little ones are going to perish, and we're going to perish. Everybody's going to die. All because God. That's what was going on. And listen, don't think for a minute it don't happen in your life and in my life Don't think for a minute it doesn't happen in our churches across America. Don't think it doesn't happen because we just call ourselves Christians and we say we believe in a God that created all things. Let me tell you something. The first time something happens to us, the first time we start to question things, and if we're not careful, we run to someone else instead of Him. Before it's over with, we're like, you really think God can meet my need? You really think God can do this? Wait a second. Let me ask you something. What has happened in your life lately? How long ago did you get saved? When's the last time God did something by meeting your name? See, you know, you know what happens? Here's, here's the honest truth. We get to thinking that something's responsible for providing for us. You know what that something is? Our job. We're thanking our job. We think our job provided our finances, met our needs. We think our job took care of all the problems in our life. We thought that's what gave us that car and provided us that house and gave us those clothes and put food in our bellies. That job did it. That job's what I need. That job's what's really important. That job, that job, that job, that job, that job, that job. job. It's never been the job at all. It's been God. And then we'll turn around and say, but you don't understand. I just lost my job. You don't understand. I just, I just had this tragedy in my life. You don't understand. I just had this situation, and I just don't know if I can trust God with it. Listen, don't think for a minute I haven't been there. Well, oh, I've been there plenty of times. And as I read a passage like this, it's convicting to me. Because he says, listen, when you, they ask that question, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? He says, they spake against him. It's as though they didn't, agree, they didn't uh, uh, appreciate him. They didn't agree with him. They didn't think he could do what he says he could do and what he's done in the past. What has God done for you lately? What's God done for me? We question God often because we've never really understood who it was doing it all along many times. I've got to wonder sometimes, who do they think opened up the Red Sea? Who do they really think delivered them out of Egypt? Do they think that Moses did it? Because later on they're giving Moses credit for it. You brought us out here in the wilderness to die. Thanks a lot, Moses. So they obviously thought Moses was responsible for all that mess. And sadly enough, sometimes we think somebody or something's responsible for all the success and the blessings that God's given us. And we lose sight of who it is, not what it is. And we, like the Israelites, will have the audacity to question God's integrity, to question God's power and His desire and His love for us. You say, but that's human. Listen, it doesn't matter what human is. Listen, we're all human. I understand that. We're all flesh, for sure. Are, Are we prone to do the exact same thing that Israel did? Yes, we are. But does that make it right? If it was wrong for them, looking back, God makes it very clear it was wrong for them. What, I'm not asking you. I'm not saying you find out you get this horrible, horrible report from the doctor that you have cancer. To go to God and go, God, why is this happening? I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's not the question here. But on the other hand, when we start questioning whether, God, whether or not God knows what he's doing and whether he's able to help us through it and to meet the need in our life and that his grace is sufficient and that his ability to provide for us is Without question, when we start questioning that, then we're starting to get on some shaky ground. And God's saying, go back and remember what I've done for you in the past. Go back and remember all the blessings and all the miracles that have transpired and taken place in your life. Because you cannot allow yourself to get in a place where you speak against me. Before you know it, you're out with your friends, you're with your other families in the church, you're out having a good time of fellowship, and you're starting to express these questions to them. You start to ask things like, you know, I just don't know. I'm so worried I lost my job. I'm so worried I've got this bad report. I'm so worried my kids are struggling with this, and I just don't know. I don't know if I can get through it. I don't know if I can deal with it. I don't know if we're going to do it. You know what you're really saying? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Do you know what you said to them? God's not big enough to handle your problem in your eyes. And we've done that. All of us probably have. I mean, there's people that we have to be honest with. We go to our husbands and wives and say, Honey, I just don't know if I can keep going. I don't know. if I just My faith is weak. I don't know. Hey, God put her there as a help me. That's a good person to talk to after you talk to God about it. She might be able to give you some advice. And you know what her advice would probably be if she's a good wife? You need to talk to God. Because I can't help you. And husbands will tell the wives, honey, listen, I wish I could help you. We can maybe do a little Bible study or something, but honestly, it's going to be God. He's the only one who can do that in your life. It always got to go back to Him. That's all. And I just want to encourage you tonight. That's all. I, I want you to understand as well as me. I, I'm pointing at me tonight, too. That God has done so much for us. We can't forget that. And when we are facing difficult times, we have to remember how God has provided in the past. I mean, I can look back on my life and I can see God's provision in my life. I mean, I remember over and over again God doing supernatural things to provide for me and my family. Someone says, well, you know, you've got to do this. You have to do it this way. I didn't do it the way most people did. I made up my mind a long time ago. I've got to trust, not the job, I've got to trust Him. So he said, you can't go in the ministry and start a church and, oh, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that. The way you're doing it, you need a team to go out with you. You need, you need to have provision before you ever step out and start the church. I remember doing that radio, uh, uh, that radio spot with that, I can't remember what, some Christian station. And the guy said, how many people are going out with you to start this ministry? I said, let's see, there's this me, my wife, i got three kids right now, five. Really? Oh really? Who, you, like a youth director, and a, a, I said, no, no, me and my wife and three kids. Now I was blessed. My parents decided to come, leave their church, and come join ours right away. I didn't know that. I asked them. I remember asking them after that, the first service, and after the sun, after later that week. I said, hey, I was just curious. Uh, you, 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 are you planning on being here next week? They said, yeah, we're coming back. I went. seven listen I, I i'm just saying i you know it was a year and a half later that my in-laws did come left left their church and it was all local we were all close they, they finally approached their pastor and said listen we really feel like you know we would like to go to our son-in-law's church be around the family have an opportunity to serve together as a family blah 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 a year and a half later they finally made their way over they didn't come leave their church immediately. They had to pray about that. It was important. They need to be where God wants them, not where I wanted them or not where they wanted to be. They need to be where God wanted them. Yeah. I mean, there are things that happen in life. And, and here we are. I mean, I remember taking two months off of work, not working at all and trusting God with my family's provision. Two months. Somebody said, what are you doing? What, what are you? I, I said, well, God's promised to provide. He told me not to work for, for right now. So I said, what do you mean not work? Well, God's providing for us. I just knock doors every day. What support do you have? I don't. I have God. Two months later, I still remember, the bills are still being paid. God's doing supernatural things. And all of a sudden, God says just as plain to me as he said before. This, he said, you need to get a job. <laughs> it's time to get to work. And I said, Okay. And it was not a day later, I believe, day or two later, my brother comes up to me and goes, hey, we're hiring over at our place. You might want to top down if you need a job. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I walked in there, talked to them, and said, listen, I can't work. He just said, can you work second shift? I said, it's impossible. I said, I've got a church. That's my first priority. The church's first priority, not job. Job is not first with me. I just want you to know that up front. Amen.
0: That's good.
1: And they're like, Yo, well, we only got, well, I'll tell you what, let me see. The guy goes, you know, I kind of like you. Uh, I know why he liked me, because God made it that way. And he gave me a day job, and I made—I made. Get this, I made fifty cents more than the rest of the people getting hired in. I made five fifty an hour instead of five. And so, forty hours a week, I worked, and for two hundred and twenty-five dollars a week, God met every need in my life. I'm just telling you, God can do it. And we were—listen, I, I don't want to go into it, but we were giving over twenty-five percent of our income to the Lord at that time. Listen to me, God will furnish a table in the wilderness. But listen, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what my past is. It doesn't matter what's going on before. Because when the call comes in today, when the tragedy strikes today, when the need arises today, that won't get me through. It's not enough. Only He can do that. And that's what we need to understand. Just like Israel found themselves in the wilderness, you and I may find ourselves there too. It happens. And it may be by design even. But that doesn't mean God's forsaken us. That just means God wants to prove himself to us in a bigger and better way than ever. And honestly, that's not a comfortable place to be. I almost shudder to say this publicly. But if that's where God wants us, that is the best place for us. I I hate to say things like that. I almost feel like I'm going to cast an omen on myself. But we do have to understand God is God. It's not going to be a job. It's not going to be a doctor. It's not going to be some lawyer. It's not going to be some financial counselor. It's God that's going to do these things in our lives. He uses those people, but He is the one that needs the glory. And we need to understand where the blessing is coming from. So when we find ourselves on the edge of the wilderness or walking into it, we don't ask the same question Israel did and provoke God to wrath. But we trust Him. See, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. and That He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 And of course, Matthew 11.26 You probably know it from heart. Once I, well, you'll know it by heart when I start. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's the key, isn't it? If we can honestly believe this book and its promises. Really believe in the God of heaven and know that he is alive and well. If we can just trust him. He's given us every reason to trust him. He hasn't let us down yet. Someone says, well, you don't know. He let me down a few times. Okay. You want to think that you can. God didn't leave us down. He doesn't leave us down. Marvelous things did He in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also He led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned, they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lusts. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, tonight I want you to know God can. And when we become weak in our own selves and we start asking that question, let us remember what God has already done and how He has met our need over and over and over again. Otherwise, we may fall prey to Satan's lies and somehow believe that our God has forsaken us. We are alone to perish in the wilderness. But that is not the case, nor will it ever be the case. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? It's up to you now. Only you can really answer that question in your life. Only you can answer that question. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time that we've had together in your word.